Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Charles didn't have just any coronary artery disease. He had Charles's coronary artery disease. Michelle didn't have just any heart attack. She had Michelle's heart attack. At VCU Health Poly Heart Center, we know every heart is unique. And as Virginia's only nationally ranked heart program, we'll keep them beating healthy and strong. VCU Health Poly Heart Center. Learn more at vcuhealth.org slash heart. Okay, let's go ahead and get this party started. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to today's podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host and America's most beloved self-loathing homosexual, Miller Frost, here as always with white boy Malcolm X. And remember, if you want to get hold of me, you want to send me an email, good or bad, I don't care, you can reach me at Miller at MillerFrostOnline.com. How you doing today, sir? I, I am doing fine. I am I'm, I'm glad that you are doing well also. Did you know White Boy Malcolm X? And uh, I'm going to get into the stories in just a second. But did you know that it was Queer History Month? I didn't know that either. I, in fact, it's, it's October 25th. We have, we have wasted almost the entire month. And we have not, this is how self-loathing I am, folks. I didn't even know it was Queer History Month. It's not even Gay History Month, it's Queer History Month. And I completely did not know about it. And now it's like we've got literally one week to celebrate. Yes, yes, I did put the, I did put the gay stories first. So in one sense, we have been celebrating Queer History Month and we just didn't even know it. And it's nice that they're not erasing all history. I guess if we're celebrating Queer History Month, they're not trying to... I mean, they're tearing down all the statues and all that. But with the Gay History Month, I guess they're not... Yes, Queer History Month, excuse me. Queer History Month going on this month. They're not tearing... They're not trying to destroy all history. Oh, and you know what else we forgot, White Boy Malcolm? Speaking of forgetting things, did you know that last last Sunday was Zac Efron... Your friend with the dad bod. You know it was his 33rd birthday last Sunday. I know. We missed it. We missed Queer History Month. Most of Queer History Month. We got like 25% left to go. And then we missed Zach Efron's dad bod's birthday. So you should get him a cake or something. Are you ready to get started with the pile? And and this week, folks, I have to apologize, actually, uh, before we get started. I was I was in kind of a mood last week. So and I think that was reflected in the show. Um, so I wanted to just apologize for the, it was a darker tone in that, in that show last week. And I didn't get to the fun stuff until very late, very late in in the podcast. So this episode, we've got a lot of great, funny kind of campy stories and they're going to be, I'm going to try to do most of the show with just those because there's so many of them. (laughs) And we've got a huge, we got a block of Florida ones because obviously when the, the folks in Florida took the week off the other week. No crazy out of Florida a couple weeks ago, and that's when we had the Louisiana priest and the dominatrixes story. They're back, and they're back full force. But we'll get to that all in good time. And this is from Queerty. Speaking of queer, crazed dad threatens to drive 500 miles to murder his gay child. Yes, seriously. Police in the city of Narbonne, France, have arrested a 52-year-old man for threatening to kill his daughter in front of a group of shocked onlookers. His daughter had phoned him earlier that day to come out as a lesbian. Neither the name of the daughter or the suspect in question has been released to the public to protect their privacy. According to the French newspaper La Independente, the daughter in question had entered into a relationship with another woman. That's what they call a lesbian. (laughs) She began coming out to friends on her college campus and eventually phoned her father to come out to him also. 
He didn't take it well. The woman's father became so incensed, he hopped in the car and drove a full 500 miles without stopping from the city of Strasbourg all the way to Narbonne. When he arrived, he found his daughter outside a building on campus and began to verbally and physically attack her, threatening to cut her throat. She managed to escape inside the building and phoned the police. Police arrested the suspect for harassment and making threats. The woman, her girlfriend, and her mother all subsequently filed charges. Now, white boy Malcolm X, I have a question for you. Because I don't see your average Frenchman who's, let's face it, I mean, let's speak truth to power, kind of a pansy, threatening to cut their daughter's throat. Can you see this? Oh, my daughter, the lesbian, I will cut your throat. I don't see that. But, (laughs) yes, that's exactly where I'm going. I'm not going to say it, but there are certain demographic groups. There are certain groups that do enjoy cutting throats and and do enjoy cutting heads off, for that matter. So I'm wondering... (laughs) If that is one of these cases, because they don't, if they don't say, if the newspaper doesn't say, it's safe to assume. Because I swear, like the, the article the other week, it's the only article I ever had where they actually named the, the race of the person because they were white. So in this case, I think it's the same thing. This is from the Philadelphia Gay News. Over 500 LGBTQ candidates up for election November 3rd. I can't believe that's coming up like, like next week already. Man. This has been a nutty, nutty year, and depending on who wins, we might have a whole lot more rioting going on, but we'll see about that. As the November 3rd election looms, most Americans are focused on who will win the presidency, but more than 500 openly LGBTQ candidates are running for a wide range of local and national offices. The roster of LGBTQ candidates is broad and diverse, and nearly every state is represented, including red states, Alaska, Iowa, Kansas, North and South Carolina, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Wyoming, and the Dakotas. See, folks, even those nasty racist Republicans are having candidates there, too. There are many black, Latinx, and Asian candidates speaking to the racial diversity LGBTQ candidates represent. Among those running are several candidates in the tri-state area, and openly gay Pennsylvania House Representatives Brian Sims and Malcolm Kenyatta are running for re-election. Yes, white boy Malcolm X, that Brian Sims. And for you folks who don't know who I'm talking about, this was this had to have been one of our first podcasts a couple months ago. And it was a pink news story, and I actually dug it up because I saw the name Brian Sims, and I'm like, why is that so familiar? And if you don't know who Brian Sims is, he's this bitchy gay uh, representative in Pennsylvania, and he called a Republican, Tom Mert, and threatened him. And all he did to get the, the wrath of this bitchy queen, Brian Sims, was to propose a bill that appeared broadly progressive, uh, according to the Pennsylvania Capitol star. But he thought it smacked of Republicans using LGBT plus issues as a political football to signal moderation. So he got mad that Tom Mert got in on his territory. So he said that he would ruin him and that he was finished and that he would get him. And then he sent him a text, allegedly. Then it was an angry, enraged, and wrathful text. So when I heard, when I saw Brian Sims, I'm like, it's that, it's that bitchy queen. <laughs> he's back. He's running for re-election. He probably is gonna get, he's probably going to get uh, voted back in, uh, knowing how the Democrats are. Continuing on. Jessica Benham is openly bisexual and running for House District 36 in the Pennsylvania legislature. Her district is majority Democratic, so Benham is on board to become the first openly LGBTQ woman elected to the Pennsylvania House and the first openly autistic person elected to any state legislature. I firmly believe that the ways in which we talk about policy and implement policy are deeply rooted in our lived experiences, Benham said after she won the primary. I never imagined that I would be someone who would run for office because I didn't see people like me in elected office. Oh, it's another one with the the diversity quotient. I didn't see anyone like me. Well, Jessica, honey, you are openly bisexual and you're autistic. How many openly bisexual autistic women are there representing someone in a a state legislature? Probably very few. So if you were just sitting around waiting to see someone just like you, you were probably going to keep waiting. You know what, though, white boy Malcolm X? You know who they didn't? Didn't bother, because this, this article is a couple pages long. They did not mention, folks, 
Aria DeMezzo. And if you don't know who she is, she's the transgender Satanist who is running as a Republican for, I think, sheriff in New Hampshire. <laughs> she's my favorite of all of them. I, I would actually kind of sneak into New... I want to sneak into New Hampshire just to vote for her. Just, just to see what kind of dumpster fire that causes. <laughs> it's New Hampshire. I mean, there are a lot of dumpster fires going on up there anyway. This is from Tal Road. And folks, we have some queers running off the plantation. <laughs> Maskless LGBT Trump supporters march in West Hollywood chanting four more years. And I don't know what's worse, the LGBT Trump supporter or the fact that they were maskless because you know those ninnies are not going to put up with that very long. And you think I'm self-loathing. Listen to this, folks. A group of LGBT conservatives took to the streets of West Hollywood Friday night to show their support for Donald Trump. The march, organized by the Log Cabin Republicans, was billed as Gays and Housewives Takeover WeHo and attracted some 50 to 70 supporters, which actually, quite frankly, is probably more than I thought that would actually show up out there. And if you don't know, WeHo is, I mean, to talk about irony, it's West Hollywood, it's short for West Hollywood, but you got a bunch of gays and, and, the, and, and the little phrase for their, their town is WeHo. Yes, yes, dear, we know, we know you a hoe. WeHoville reports that marchers walked along Santa Monica Boulevard, attracting some angry shouts from people dining al fresco outside Fiesta Cantina, and also walked down Robertson Boulevard past the Abbey. Video posted on social media show few, if any, of the rally-goers wearing masks, which is against local ordinance. Chants of gays for Trump, freedom, and four more years can be heard in the clips. Man, I bet those WeHo Karens were incensed. Republicans without not wearing masks. I bet they were all calling 911 on that. Okay, folks, I hope you're sitting down for this one. Tiger Queen star Carol, and Tiger Queen is what I call the Tiger King, that Netflix show. Tiger Queen star Carol Baskin reveals she's bisexual. I could just as easily have a wife as a husband. And this is from Fox News. Tiger Queen star Carol Baskin has come out as bisexual. The Big Cat Rescue founder, 59, revealed that she had an inkling she was bisexual when she was younger. But it wasn't until she got engaged to a psychologist who did work with the LGBTQ community in the 80s that she felt comfortable with the label. I was engaged to a psychologist, and that was his entire field, dealing with the LGBT plus community, Baskin told Pink News. It was during the period when AIDS was just wrecking havoc around the world, and people were losing their loved ones, and so I became very close to people in that community then. The Dancing with the Stars alum continued. It was during the 80s that I discovered that through dealing with the LGBT plus community that I realized I had just as equal feelings for women as I did for men. I have always considered myself bisexual. Even though I've never had a wife, I could just as easily have a wife as a husband, Baskin told the outlet. I don't know about you, white boy Malcolm X, but she is not, as far as I'm concerned, she is not, not welcome in the tribe. I mean, the Tiger Queen is enough. What's his name? Joe Exotic. He is enough. We've got, no, I can't have two of them from that train wreck in, in the tribe. No, Carol. No. This is our last gay story. And can you believe it, white boy Malcolm X? I have no stories. None. I think the entire transgender community is like on vacation or something because there are no stories picking on J.K. Rowling this week, which is, <laughs> if you've been listening to the podcast, folks, you know every week there's someone coming, getting on Twitter or getting on Facebook or doing something and just trashing J.K. Rowling for being a vicious, vicious transphobe. But no, I guess maybe, maybe they ran out of people to do it. I guess they're going to start recycling. Oh, speaking of Twitter, white boy Malcolm X, I'm on Twitter. And my handle is at Miller Frost Show. And you know what? I keep getting stalked by, you know, they always recommend people that you can follow. And they're always recommending, for some sick reason, Michelle Obama. And folks, if you don't know who Michelle Obama is, she is the former first lady. And she is a horrific, horrific victim of systemic racism because she is forced to live on Martha's Vineyard in a multimillion dollar house. And you know what happens on Martha's Vineyard? White women cut her off in line at the ice cream. So she is under horrific systemic racism. But but Twitter keeps recommending me, recommending her to me. And her stupid little tagline there is, girl from the south side of Chicago. She's a girl from the south side of Chicago, my ass. She's a, you know, she's a girl from the south side of Martha's Vineyard. Anyway, enough of her. Married father of three wears skirts, heels to work because he can. 
For one dad of three, getting dressed can be a real drag. Mark Bryan, an American robotics engineer living in Germany, wears towering high heels and skirts every day to prove clothes have no gender, he told Bored Panda. Bryan has shared his style shots on his now viral Instagram, at MarkBryan911. There, his bio explains further, I am just a straight, happily married guy, he wrote to his 62,000 followers, that loves Porsche's beautiful women and incorporating high heels and skirts into my daily wardrobe. His daily wardrobe includes red pumps, plaid miniskirts, and seasonally appropriate suede boots, which Brian paired with a sensible mid-calf beige pencil skirt. I prefer skirts to dresses, said Brian, 61. Dresses don't allow me to mix the genders. I prefer a masculine look above the waist and a non-gendered look below the waist. When it comes to footwear, Brian, who also coaches football, prefers heels from the brand Lost Inc., He has a pair of strappy stilettos and open-toed sandals from the company because they are great for men as they offer a wide fit in most of their shoes, according to his Instagram. (laughs) Brian insisted that his satirical choices are for non-sexual reasons. The habit began in college with an old flame. The two would practice dancing together, both in high heels. Then it quickly became normal for him. His wife of 11 years helps him pick out clothes, and his daughter often wishes she could borrow his shoes. This reminds me of the what was the the story last last week with the the father in in England who picks out his drag queen son. The kid's like eleven years old, and he go. The father takes him. He was embarrassed at first, but now he takes the kid to the shows and he goes and picks the the, the dresses out for the kid. And the kid looks like a little hooker. And and this one's 60, 61 years old <laughs> in red pumps and mini skirts. Jesus, I mean that's an image you can't get out of your head. I guess I'm happy for Brian. If he's 61 years old and he and he has an Instagram and he gets likes to dress up in women's pumps, I mean, good for him, I guess. But the question I have, White Boy Malcolm X, is would you consider this, Brian, this straight, happily married guy, dressing up in women's clothes, would you consider this cultural appropriation to the LGBTQ plus community? As would I. As would I. I you know— I remember, who was it? It was Adair, like, braided her hair for some Jamaican holiday thing. And those shrieking monkeys on Twitter went nuts about about something stupid like that. And this guy's pretending to be a drag queen and nobody's saying a word. I, th- I think he is, I think we should shame <laughs> He shamed him enough. God, red pumps and miniskirts. Ugh. Okay, that is it for the gay stories. Yeah, I... I told you. I think. I think beyond the transgender community, I, th- I think all the gays are off this week. Now next week it'll be a dumpster fire, but this week not, just there just wasn't a lot. And I don't really actually have a whole lot of race stories because they just piss me off. So much. Actually, I do, but I'm going to fly through them because I'm just not going to read all of them because I'll get I'll get like I'll be like a Twitter rage monkey if I if I have to read all this. And this is from the Washington Post. Long before George Floyd's death. Systemic racism stifled his life. So, yes, folks, even if the transgender community has taken the week off, they're out, they're on vacation, they are not, nothing on J.K. Rowling and, and razzing her at all this week. But don't worry, because the elite media is going to continue to beat all of us to death with systemic racism every week. Last week, I think it was a Philadelphia newspaper. This week, the Washington Post has picked up the mantle to carry on. And this was a super, super long article. But I'm just going to read the first part. His life began as the last embers. I mean, seriously, how many pages do you need of systemic racism, systemic racism, systemic racism over and over and over again? For the Washington Post, quite a few. His life began as the last embers of the civil rights movement were flickering out. It's horrific, videotaped, and ignited the largest anti-racism movement since, with demonstrators the world over marching for racial justice in his name. And I think they're also burning down a lot of buildings in his name as well. And looting. During the 46 years in between, George Perry Floyd came of age as the strictures of Jim Crow discrimination in America gave way to an insidious form of systemic racism, one that continually undercut his ambitions. Early in life, he wanted to be a Supreme Court justice, then a pro athlete. At the end, he just longed for a little stability, training to be a commercial truck driver. All were bigger dreams that he was able to achieve in his version of America. While his death was the catalyst for global protests against racial inequality, the eight minutes and 46 seconds Floyd spent suffocating under the knee of a white police officer were hardly the first time he faced oppression. Throughout his lifetime, Floyd's identity as a black man 
exposed him to a gauntlet of injustices that derailed, diminished, and ultimately destroyed him, according to an extensive review of his life based on hundreds of documents and interviews with more than 150 people, including his siblings, extended family members, friends, colleagues, public officials, and scholars. The picture that emerges is one that underscores how systemic racism has calcified within many of America's institutions, creating sharply disparate outcomes in housing, education, the economy, law enforcement, and health care. While Floyd's lifespan coincided with many achievements for black Americans, some of them dramatic, his personal path highlights just how much those hard-fought gains remain out of reach for millions like him. So let me just sum up this article because it goes on and on and on. Thank you, Washington Post. George Floyd's death is not, not just the police officer's fault. It's your fault. It's my fault. White boy Malcolm X, it's your fault. Because we have enabled systemic racism to screw him over six ways to Sunday. Him and everyone else. I wonder how next week they're going to wrap systemic racism around our neck. Because... It'll be someone else. Mark my words, folks. Mark my words. We will have another article next week about how systemic racism got someone else. This is ESPN. And ESPN is a, I think they do sports sometimes, but it's mostly some racial justice network now. And this is an article, and this is another one I'm not going to read a lot of because it's, it's just more nutty. A conversation about race and diversity in esports and gaming. And if you don't know what esports is, it's just a bunch of dopey kids sitting around playing video games. And apparently, White Boy Malcolm X, you can make bank. They have like these professional gaming leagues where these kids just, I don't know what they play. I don't play video games, but they sit around and play with the PlayStations and they make money off of this stuff. And I guess they have like this whole esports league. And I guess they're, those little kids are racist too because there is, there's an issue here. So let's dig in a little bit. The killing of George Floyd by... <laughs> I'm just laughing at the fact that every article is like a template that the AP must put out and says, here's your, here's your race article, and you've got to include something about George Floyd. Set off a national conversation about systemic racism and the experience of black people in the United States. The ripple effects include a greater public awareness of racism and prejudice in many aspects of everyday life and touched various industries across the country, including gaming and esports. Since then, people in esports and gaming have taken to social media to speak up about incidents of racism and to voice their support of Black Lives Matter. ESPN Esports reached out to Ezra Samsora Morris, Aaron Ashley Simon, Amanda Stevens, and Malik Forte, who have all been outspoken in their support of Black Lives Matter, to learn more about the issues that affect black people in the gaming industry, including the challenges black players, content creators, Hosts and casters face about what teams, organizations, and streaming platforms can do to foster a more diverse community. Mercy. So like I said, folks, there is racism in gaming. And for me, I always just picture it literally is a bunch of like 300-pound nerds <laughs> sitting in some like lazy boy in their mom's mom and dad's basement with the, with the PlayStation. And they got a headset on. They're chatting with their friends. And I, I, I'm sorry. They look for racism in the weirdest ass places, and now, now we're going after the esports community because I guess these dopey kids that play video games are all, you know, little hidden Nazis. Where will they find it next, White Boy Malcolm X? And I'm not even gonna bother reading this article, but you know, like the systemic racism article, we have another article, another article about. You guessed it, folks. White supremacists. <laughs> this is from The Guardian, and here's the headline. It is serious and intense. White supremacist domestic terror threat looms large for U.S. And we've had a couple of these articles about all these hidden white supremacists everywhere. <laughs> they thought the Proud Boys were white supremacists. And like, oh, oh, crap. No, they, it's run by a Latino named uh, Enrique Tarrio. We can't call them white. Proud Boys are not white supremacists. But they're going to find them. They're going to keep looking because every week there's a new article about how the FBI is on the hunt. And the only time we ever hear about this is when they want to use this to like scare people about those evil Republicans, the, the white supremacists, and avoid reporting on Antifa. So just just beware, folks, that the, the white supremacists are out there lurking. They'll come get you. But don't worry about it. If, if, if you're in Portland, Oregon, folks, and, and your neighborhood is being burned down, 
probably those evil white supremacists. If they're just running a bunch of dopey white kids running around in black with Antifa signs, it's it's actually just secret white supremacists. And this is from the AP. Vermont principal fired for Facebook post critical of Black Lives Matter. Let's dig in and find out what she said, this vicious little racist. A white Vermont school principal was fired for a post on social media in June that was critical of the Black Lives Matter movement. The Mount Escutney School Board's decision was released on Friday and concluded that the statements of Tiffany Riley, the principal of Windsor High School, on her personal Facebook page were inconsistent with the expectations for a principal, MyChamplainValley.com reported. The June 10 Facebook post is readily susceptible to being construed to suggest racist themes, the decision states. While there is no evidence that employee personally holds racist beliefs, that is irrelevant to the point that the content of the post contains messaging reasonably susceptible to being construed as espousing racist views. Listen to this white boy, listen to what a vicious racist this woman is. Riley's post said that she firmly believes that black lives matter, but I do not agree with the coercive measures taken to get this point across, some of which are falsified in an attempt to prove a point. <gasps> My heavens, what a vicious bigot this woman is. She went on to write, I'm not done, white boy Malcolm X. This, you know, when these racists get going, these white, she must be one of these closet white supremacists I keep hearing about. She went on to write that while she wants to get behind Black Lives Matter, I do not think people should be made to feel they have to choose black race over human race. While I understand the urgency to feel compelled to advocate for black lives, what about our fellow law enforcement? What about all the others who advocate for and demand equality for all? And there you go. There you go, folks. Now we know why she was fired. Because she basically said blue lives matter. So she is a little racist. That's all she, because everyone knows that the police, the police are racist institution. They are the enablers of systemic racism far above and beyond what you and I can do, white boy Malcolm X and, and you folks listening out there. So she, she more or less got what she des- she got, she got what she deserved. Racist. <laughs> folks, you either toe the line or they're coming after you. You can't say Blue Lives Matter or they are going to just get you. They're going to get you. You are going to lose your job if you say anything, anything that they don't like. Speaking of white supremacists, this is a Boston.com story. Demonstrators clash in dueling Copley Square protests. That's here, right? That's downtown Boston. At least three counter-demonstrations were planned in response to a super happy Fun America rally Sunday afternoon. We missed all the good stuff last week, white boy Malcolm X. Demonstrators flocked to Copley Square in Boston on Sunday afternoon for dueling political protest, which at times grew hostile and intense. One of the events, dubbed a peaceful protest against Democrat violence, was hosted by Super Happy Fun America, which also organized the controversial Straight Pride Parade in Boston last year. Slated from noon to 2 p.m., the event called on Democrats to fully renounce the violent actions of their supporters. (laughs) According to the Facebook page, I like these people. I just stick it right back to them. You got to love it. We will peacefully demonstrate with speeches and patriotic banners in order to send a message that our group will not be intimidated into silence by the leftist mob, organizers wrote on Facebook. At least three, three folks, it takes three of these, three counter protests were scheduled in response to SHFA's event. The Freedom Fighter Coalition took to Instagram and urged protesters to grab anything that makes noise, call a friend, and come to Copley Square. We must not allow racists to come to our city and spew negativity and hatred, the group wrote. That's right, folks. If you ask Democrats to fully renounce violent actions of your supporters, you are a racist. Another group entitled Solidarity Against Hate Boston set up a kick fascist out of Boston demonstration from 1130 to 3 p.m. So you are not only a racist, you are a fascist. Fascism is no match for a united people, organizers wrote on a Facebook page for the event. Boston is the people city and no place for fascists. Around the same time, Refuse Fascism New England also joined the counter-protest crowd. Super happy fascist America is one of the white supremacist MAGA thug groups spawned by this regime, the group wrote, in a call to action on Facebook. As part of mobilizing people to drive Trump pence from power, we are joining with others to counter this fascist rally. Heavens mercy, the Freedom Fighter Coalition, Solidarity Against Hate Boston, and Refuse Fascism New England. So there you have it, folks. The um, the fascist leftists are running down to chase out the fascist racists. 
Oh my God. I mean, I tell you what, this is Alice in Wonderland. This really is. So these groups are going down to a bunch of little, little fascists running down there. You can't say anything that's going to upset them because then they're going to silence you. Uh-oh. This is my... Uh, now we got a couple more race stories. Two. Two more race stories and then we're done. This is a funny one. There's the headline. And this is from the AP. San Francisco officials to vote on Karen Law to stop 911 calls against black people not committing crime. <laughs> In San Francisco, folks. Fed up with white people calling 911 about people of color selling water bottles, barbecuing, or otherwise going about with life, San Francisco supervisors are set to approve new hate crime legislation giving the targets of those calls the ability to sue the caller. The San Francisco Board of Supervisors, which is about as nutty as they get, will vote Tuesday on the Caution Against Racial and Exploitative Non-Emergencies Act, also known as the Karen Legislation, that's C-A-R-E-N. The name is a nod to the widespread meme using the name Karen to describe a specific type of white middle-aged woman who exhibits behaviors that stem from privilege, such as using police to target people of color. All 11 supervisors have signed on to the legislation, guaranteeing its passage, despite criticism by some that the name is sexist and unnecessarily divisive. In San Francisco, a white couple was criticized on social media after video was widely shared of their questioning a Filipino-American stenciling Black Lives Matter in front of his own home in June. They later called police. James Juanilo said he deliberately chose yellow chalk to match the color of the house and centered the stencil just so to be framed by the picture box window. Then a couple approached him, repeatedly demanding to know if it was his home because he was defacing private property. They tried to cast it as a criminal scene, he said, it was me calmly applying chalk, not spray paint, not in the middle of the night, but very deliberately. The only thing that was missing was a Pinot Grigio. White boy Malcolm <laughs> Well, it is San Francisco. He's got to be a queen. Juanilo says he hopes the legislation will caution people in the future against turning to 911. Shaman Walton, the supervisor who introduced the legislation, said 911 calls and emergency reports are not customer service lines for racist behavior. People of color have the right to do everyday activities and should not be subject to being harassed due to someone's racial bias. Walton, who is black, and he or she is capital B black, so you know they're black, reeled off examples where minorities have suffered from bogus claims, including Emmett Till, a black teenager beaten to death in 1955 after accusations by a white woman who was later admitted to lying. So yes, folks, that was, what, uh, 65 years ago? Yeah, so they, she has an example. He or she has an example, 65 years old. But they got an example of those evil white people. It is crushing to be confronted by police, say supporters of the legislation, because someone saw you as a threat, possibly criminal or as not belonging. It is especially terrifying for black people for whom encounters with police could end in violence. This is not hyperbole, said Brittany Chiquata, chief of staff at the city's Human Rights Commission, which is about as unfun a group as you could get. This is an established pattern reflected in the disparate treatment of black people and other people of color in our city and in our country. You know, White Boy Malcolm X, this reminds me of an article we had, what, about a month and a half, two months ago, maybe? I, I didn't dig it up, but I should have. But she was, it was a young transgender girl and was complaining about racism and sexism and homophobia and all sorts of isms going on in San Francisco. And we were kind of making fun of her because, not because she was transgender, but because I was like, well, San Francisco is one of the most flamingly liberal cities in, in the world. And she's crying about racism at every corner of San Francisco. But now I, I might have to apologize. And I'm I'm starting to see white boy Malcolm X. I, I think right here, I think I finally figured out why so many minorities believe that there is systemic racism in this country. And it's because of white liberals. <laughs> so I mean these white liberals in San Francisco are calling the police on on their on their minority neighbors and then they they have the nerve to complain about all the rest of us, you know, those evil Republicans. They're just they're those evil conservatives. They're just they're all the racists and they're all they're all closet Nazis. And every time they open their mouth, they're just spewing some sort of racism like blue lives matter. But but folks, the systemic racism is apparently alive and well and just infesting every corner of San Francisco. I mean, when you when you have the board of supervisors putting up a Karen law so that that the black people can sue the white people for calling the cops on them. I mean, now we know where all the systemic racism is coming from. Last story in the race pile. But don't worry, folks, because next week we'll have even more stories about 
systemic racism hurting black people. And we'll also have another story about those evil white supremacists. But maybe not the white supremacist in San Francisco. <laughs> Man putting a Black Lives Matter sign accused of firing shotgun at Trump supporters. <gasps> Mercy. A Maryland man is accused of firing a shotgun at a passing truck with a Trump campaign sign that honked as he was installing a Black Lives Matter sign on Saturday, new reports said. Douglas Kuhn, 50, was arrested and charged with assault over the alleged shooting outside his Kingsville home at about 2.30 p.m., authorities said. The truck, with Trump supporters Neil Hook and his son Bradley Lang inside, was not hit by the gunfire, WBAL reported. The father-son duo told the network they meant no harm by honking at Kuhn as he placed the sign on his property. It's Kingsville. It's a friendly area, Land said. Everyone honks at each other. We think we were hoping there could be some civility between people who support different candidates. Added Lang, he obviously has his political beliefs as he showed with his signs. We were expressing those same rights and he attacked us for that. Those stupid white racist crackers. Folks, he was... He did not fire a shotgun at them. He was simply, I would call this a a mostly peaceful protest. He was mostly peaceful protesting the redneck Trumpers, the Trumpsters in his neighborhood, driving by in their pickup trucks. So they probably, they got what they deserved. Okay, now since last week was so depressing, and that pile was a little depressing so far, now we get to the fun stuff. And I've got a ton of fun stuff, and we do have a Florida block in there at some point because... The Floridians are back, folks. They are back. And you know, before I read the headline to the story, this is from The Sun. You know when I made the crack about all the, 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 the women, the cougars being off? They took the week off last week because they were finally, for the first time, there was no articles about some cougar banging a teenage boy. Not anymore. Ex-flight attendant 33 who had sex with pupil 15 at school she worked at is released after just a week behind bars. A former Australian flight attendant had sex with a 15-year-old boy has been freed after a week behind bars. Melissa Nasti from North Ride, Northern Sydney, had sex with a boy at the school she used to work at in 2010. The disgraced stewardess pleaded guilty and was sentenced to 18 months in prison with a six-month parole period, but has since been released on bail. She was working as an attendance officer at the time of the incident. I bet she was. Her lawyer made a bail appeal and told the court that she was a low risk of reoffending according to the doctor's assessment. Yes, folks, she got she got that banging that teenage boy out of her system because all the other teachers were doing it. She goes, well, I might as well just try it. She tried it, and 10 years later, she was in jail for a week. Nasty's bail conditions include her having one mobile phone and will give the police her password when asked. She has been banned from being in the company of anyone under the age of 16 and is not allowed to contact the victim. And yes, white boy Malcolm X, I I feel even more sorry for Kevin Spacey because, as I said a couple weeks ago, poor Kevin Spacey happened to pick the only teenage boy who didn't want to have sex with someone older. <laughs> Anthony Rapp, he just picked one. I'll take him and didn't work out. And what, what happens? Anthony comes out decades later and is now suing him for everything he's worth. He needs that, he needs that Kevin Spacey checkbook open wide. Because he's got to get paid. Mercy. And if you thought they were off last week, they're doubling down. Another headline. Ex-Florida teacher busted for sexual encounter with student crush. <laughs> Poor Kevin Spacey. A former Florida teacher admitted to having a crush on a student after there was a sexual encounter between them at his home, authority said. Kristen O'Brien, who quit her job last month at United Brethren Christ Academy in Holy Hill, was arrested Friday for having inappropriate sexual contact with a student news station WFTV reported. The 31-year-old was confronted by the boy's mother after she noticed concerning messages on his phone, police said. O'Brien told the mom that she had an inappropriate emotional relationship with the student in which she had a crush on him, authorities said. She claimed she had given the boy three options— they could pretend she never told him she had a crush. They could end communication with each other or they could do whatever they wanted, which apparently they did, and not care about any repercussions the Daytona Beach News Journal reported. O'Brien said on one occasion the boy touched her in a sexual manner while they were under a blanket on the couch at his home, the newspaper reported. Again, where's the, where are the parents? Where, where's the mother when, when the teenage boy's got a 31-year-old teacher on the sofa, and the two of them are under a blanket. What's mom in the kitchen, you know, making dinner? The teacher also admitted at one point she tried to make the boy jealous by tutoring his brother and taking him to McDonald's, police said. 
Man, what'd she get the boy like a McFlurry or something? O'Brien faces charges of lewd and lascivious battery and committing a sexual act on a child older than 12 but younger than 16. She wants to do the whole family. I want to know what the, how old the brother was. She's going after all of them. Damn. And mom, mom's in the kitchen baking, <laughs> baking brownies while the teacher's in the, in the living room doing the boys. Here's another headline for you. And yes, we're still in Florida. More trouble for suspect who gave cops name that did not pass smell test. A Florida woman arrested for trespassing was hit with a second criminal charge when, after being asked to identify herself, she repeatedly told cops that her name was My Butt Just Farted Record Show. <laughs> yes, yes, folks, she is definitely Floridian. Melinda Linguiero, 33, was collared Wednesday evening after refusing to leave a mobile gas station in St. Petersburg. Well, I can't really blame her right here. St. Petersburg mobile stations are the hotspot. <laughs> Following her arrest, Guerra refused to provide her name to police, according to a criminal complaint. Cops asked multiple times, but defendant repeatedly said, my name is my butt just farted. <laughs> Officers subsequently identify Guerrero as the accused trespasser, likely due to the fact that her photo and fingerprints are on file in connection with a series of arrests over the past several years. Also, she has Guerrero tattooed on her back. Police noted that Guerrero may have been under the influence of drugs and or alcohol. No, she was just a Floridian. God. What's your name? My name is my butt just farted. Well, she's original. I, I got to give her that way by Macamex. It's hard in Florida to be original with all the, the mess they got down there, but she, she had one. Carrying on in Florida. Police. Man, 26, busted for battery after domestic pumpkin attack. A Florida man is accused of striking his girlfriend with a pumpkin and its innards during a 2 a.m. confrontation yesterday in the couple's apartment police report. According to a criminal complaint, Nathan Garisto, 26, was arrested Monday on a domestic battery charge. Police say that when they responded to the couple's Largo residence, the victim was covered in pumpkin seeds and pulp. Garisto, cops noted, was heavily intoxicated while engaged in a verbal argument with his girlfriend. After refusing his girlfriend's request to leave the home, Garisto allegedly threw the pumpkin and all the insides of the pumpkin at the subject, the complaint alleges. When questioned by police, Garisto claimed that he only threw the pumpkin at the sliding doors and not the victim. Garisto has pleaded not guilty to the misdemeanor count. A judge yesterday ordered him to wear an alcohol monitor as part of his bond conditions. Court records show that Garisto's rap sheet includes convictions for, are you ready for this, White Boy Malcolm X, drunk driving, marijuana possession, careless driving, and probation violation. That is weak. That is really weak for Florida. That chick yet last week we had, my God, it was a full paragraph. <laughs> the one that threw the iron at her like brother-in-law, punched her pregnant daughter, and then beat up the guy who wouldn't give her oral sex. Her rap sheet, folks, it was it got to have been a small book. Yes, we're still in Florida. I told you, Florida, those folks were on vacation, and they're back. They're back with a vengeance. Seven charged in alleged Florida flying squirrel trafficking ring. Seven people were charged as part of an alleged trafficking ring that sent thousands of flying squirrels from Florida to South Korea, authorities said Monday. Alleged poachers in Central Florida trapped the flying squirrels, a protected wild animal in the state, before selling them to a licensed wildlife dealer who claimed to his buyers that they were captive bred, according to the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. The wildlife dealer from Florida worked with couriers from Georgia who drove the flying squirrels north to Chicago, where they were then shipped by an unwitting international wildlife exporter to Asia, Authority said. In three years, the alleged flying squirrel trafficking ring moved 3,600 of the animals. In the same time, the Florida wildlife dealer illegally netted over $213,000, authorities said. The investigation into the scheme kicked off after the FWC was tipped off in 2019 to illegal squirrel trapping in Marion County. The seven suspects were hit with a variety of charges, including racketeering, scheme to defraud, and dealing in stolen property. So, white boy Malcolm X, what do you think they're doing with those flying squirrels in South Korea? dinner yes that's exactly that's exactly what i was thinking i think they they probably eat them and and folks if you're like well that's that's kind of racist we have the article uh what was that a month ago where kim jong-un whatever that nutty uh nutty ruler of north korea he's the one that ordered up all the do he wanted the dogs rounded up he wanted to open up a, like a golden golden retriever bistro or something but 
if the North Koreans love to eat dogs, and apparently they do, and they've been ordered to turn their dogs in so they can f- use them as food, I, it's, it's totally realistic that the South Koreans like, like squirrel meat. Delicious, I guess. They're just rats with bushy tails. I don't know what everyone's complaining about. Uh, last, last Florida story, White Boy Malcolm X. This is a sad one. Florida man arrested for fatally shooting twin brother after pair drew guns on each other. A man in Florida was arrested and hit with a manslaughter charge for allegedly shooting his twin brother to death, a report said. The 23-year-old man, Thomas Parkinson Freeman, was sitting in a parked car with his brother in Gulfport near Tampa Sunday evening when the shooting took place, the Tampa Bay Times reported. Police told the newspaper Thomas and his brother Matthias were joking around when Matthias pulled out a gun and pointed it at his brother. Thomas responded by pulling out another gun and shooting Matthias in the face. Detectives concluded that Thomas was not acting in self-defense when he drew and fired his gun because he told detectives that he was not in fear and that he did not believe Matthias had any intention of shooting him, police told the newspaper in a statement. White Boy Malcolm X, what do you think those two were doing sitting in a car on Sunday evening, just hanging out in Gulfport near Tampa, and they both got guns on them? And one pulls it out and points it at the other, and the other one pulls it out and just shoots it, shoots him in the face in the car. There's something going on there. There's some there's some nutty because that that folks that just doesn't happen regularly. And that is the last of the Florida stories, folks. I'm sorry to say. Detroit woman says she woke up to pastor peeing on her on plane, and this is from Fox to Detroit. A well-known pastor from North Carolina is accused of relieving himself on a sleeping woman in the backseat of a Delta plane as she returned to Detroit from Las Vegas. Alicia Beverly had just spent a great time in Vegas and could not wait to get home Monday night. They were on a red-eye flight and pretty much everyone was asleep, including her. Alicia said she was curled up in a back seat next to her sister when suddenly she woke up to the feeling of being urinated on. It felt warm, like the side of me I felt something warm, she said. In her hazy sleep, right at eye level, she saw something very unexpected. I think it's probably a penis. (laughs) I jumped up and I seen his private area out and then I screamed and that woke everyone up, Alicia said. By the time I actually looked at him and I see him shake himself off and I'm like, this man just peed on me. I looked and there was a puddle of pee in the seats. She screamed and got the attention of everyone on the plane, including an off-duty officer who rushed over and restrained the man, a well-known pastor from North Carolina. According to sources, the pastor had an apparent reaction to a sleep aid. That is quite a reaction. He didn't say anything the whole time he was standing there, Alicia said. Alicia said that after being treated like a bathroom, (laughs) she sat in those wet clothes for several hours before landing in Detroit Metro in Romulus. The pastor was taken into custody but hasn't been charged yet. Alicia naturally is filled with anxiety. I left work yesterday because I couldn't stay, but I had to tell them why I needed to leave. It was a lot. My anxiety was really high, literally. Since then, I have only gotten four hours of sleep, she said. She's probably afraid of being peed on again. She said she's grateful the officer who was there took charge of the pastor and something is being done for his actions. (laughs) I do have a question, White Boy Malcolm X. This is what I thought was weird in the story. Alicia says she was curled up in the backseat next to her sister when suddenly she woke up to the feeling of being (laughs) urinated on. Well, yes, she was in Vegas. She was in Vegas and got, well, whatever goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. We're not going to talk about it. But she knew exactly what being peed on felt like. I have no idea what that feels like because I've never been peed on. But I guess I guess some people do. This poor pastor, I'm sure he has, you know, people have reactions to Ambien. And also, I, I take Ambien every night. I have to to sleep. But I don't go around peeing on people. I don't sleepwalk or do anything like that on it. But, man. I can't believe she went public with this. I really can't. I mean, if someone peed on me in an airplane, I, the last thing I do is <laughs> talk to the media about it. Can you imagine being the HR director at her at her job? <gasps> this man peed on me, and I, I have I have, to, I have to go home. I can't I can't sleep. And the HR guy's like, uh, okay, just go, just go. This story kind of ties back to what was that? Our second story about those those horrible self loathing homosexuals <laughs> walking around WeHo. Those Trump supporters, those evil racist. You know, engagers of systemic racism, those those white nationalist Nazis walking around WeHo wanting to vote for Donald Trump without masks on. And, and everyone in, in WeHo had the vapors over it. But this is from Fast Company. Now I know why they weren't wearing their masks. People are wearing dirtier masks than we ever thought possible. Is mask rewearing the everyone does it bad hygiene habit of our time? An eye-opening survey commissioned by the textile tech company Living Guard indicates yes. And it's worse than you thought. 
79% of Americans don't wash cloth face masks after each use. 43% wash them weekly. 8% don't wash them at all. 68% reuse one-time-use masks. Oops, I think that's me. In other words, all those masks you see out and about are dirty, dirty, dirty. Moist fabric is a breeding ground for bacteria and can also carry live viruses, so changing into a fresh mask after a few hours is not a bad idea. You know how you change clothes and underwear after exercising? Do that with your face too. Same concept. For the record, Mayo Clinic guidelines suggest that masks should be washed at least after each day's use. The CDC is less specific in its guidelines, suggesting regularly. I think all my masks are made in China. <laughs> I just laugh. It's like, it's like convenient, right? They, they spread this, the China virus, right? It goes all around. And the Chinese are like, oh, you know, you, you guys might need some masks. We've got like a couple of truckloads of them for you. Okay, this next story is out of San Francisco, folks. And if you don't know what San Francisco is, it is apparently it is a breeding ground of white nationalists. <laughs> and systemic racists who just all they do all day is call the police on their black and latinx neighbors and the headline is lemure stolen from san francisco zoo found police have suspect the san francisco zoo's missing lemure has been returned and a suspect arrested according to officials on wednesday morning a 21 year old male ring-tailed lemure named maki was reported missing apparently stolen overnight from the san francisco zoo and gardens the next day, around 5 p.m., he was discovered five miles away at a playground in Daly City by a woman who called 911. <laughs> oh, my God. Those racist pigs in San Francisco are not only call the police on their black neighbors. They're calling the police on the Lemures. <gasps> Heavens, they're, they're animalists as well. On Friday, police announced that a suspect is in custody. Corey McGilloway, 30, was arrested in San Rafael Thursday night by San Rafael Police Department on an unrelated matter, police said. <laughs> According to the San Francisco Police Department, McGilloway faces four felony charges for burglary, grand theft of an animal, looting during state emergency, and vandalism. I, folks, this is a first. This is literally a first. Someone is actually <laughs> being charged with looting. That, that never happens. I mean, this, that sure as hell, if he had stolen the Lemure in Portland, Oregon... You know, nothing would have happened to him. Anyway, that's that on the Lemur. Milwaukee women allegedly drugged, robbed 10 men at Chicago bars. God. Lovely. Two Milwaukee women are accused of drugging 10 men they met while outside at Chicago bars and robbing them of $85,000 in cash and other valuables while they were unconscious. Cook County prosecutors said Tuesday that Tiana Trammell, 25, and Chuana Rainey, 32, ran the scheme targeting drunken men from bars and clubs in Chicago's River North section from late January through their arrest on Sunday, the Chicago Tribune reported. The women, both of whom are mothers of young children, <laughs> of course, allegedly coaxed the men with invitations to another location where they gave them a drink from a small glass vial, prosecutors said. The victims would then black out, later awakening either in their own homes or on the side of a road without their wallets and valuables, but otherwise unhurt. In total, Trammell and Rainey stole about $85,000 in cash, phones, and jewelry, prosecutors said. The women also used stolen credit and debit cards at ATMs at Walmart and Target stores around Milwaukee, Assistant State's Attorney Paul Kiefer told a judge. They were arrested Sunday in Chicago after carrying a man from a downtown club to Trammell's car, prosecutors said, adding that a tracker had been previously placed on her vehicle, so they knew something was up. Surveillance video and license plate readers also captured Trammell's movements, which aligns to what happened to those victims, Kiefer told a judge. Trammell, who is pregnant, great Caesar's ghost, another one's coming into the world, and Rainey, who works as a phlebotomist, have been charged with continuing a financial criminal enterprise and possession of a controlled substance. White boy Malcolm X. I know you're gay. But this is like the like last week's question about the woman and, and wanting the oral sex and beating up the boyfriend who wouldn't give it to her. These two women. <laughs> yeah, they are definitely very rough. I, yeah. I mean, would you go home with, not that you would because you're gay, but I mean, if you were straight with those two, <laughs> folks, these two are just, they are for 25 and 32. Woof. I, you'd have to be drunk. I mean, you'd have to be three sheets stumbling drunk to look at those two and go, yeah, I want to, I want to threesome with, with those two. And the ones pregnant, you, you got to have some serious fetishes uh, for that. Man, what? 
Yes. White Boy Malcolm X is arguing that technically they didn't steal from them. They were just, it was, it was a prepayment on reparations. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, it's true. I mean, that's, that's what they do in Chicago. We had that, what, looting story well, about a month or, month or two ago. Uh, and I was just saying, look, folks, it's just prepayment on reparations. I wonder if the San Francisco Lemure faced this. Are you ready for this headline, folks? Farmers who had sex hundreds of times with horses, dogs, goats, and cows must stay in jail. A Pennsylvania appeals court has ruled that a trio of farmers who admitted to having... This is a Florida story. I don't know what this is doing in Pennsylvania, but this is this has Florida written all over it. A Pennsylvania appeals court has ruled that a trio of farmers who admitted to having sex with farm animals hundreds of times need to stay in prison. According to the Patriot News, the Pennsylvania Superior Court panel upheld 20 to 41-year prison terms for farmers Terry Wallace, Matthew Brubaker, and Mark Mazenkoff for having sex with animals hundreds of times on their Munson area farm. You know, if you blind a police officer with a laser in Portland, Oregon, you don't even get arrested. And these guys doing a horse and they're in jail for, for decades. In total, the trio pleaded guilty to charges of corruption of minors, 730 counts of sexual intercourse with animals, and 730 counts of cruelty to animals. Who counted that? Can you, how, how do you count that? Who, who's, who's keeping tab? Do you think they kept like a, a, a cow rape journal or something? <laughs> the men even made, oh, there we go, never mind, folks. The men even made videos of themselves as they committed that bestiality, investigator said, and they recruited a teenage boy to help them molest the creatures. So this time, the teenage boy is doing the molesting, and there's no 30-something woman around. The teenager, who reported the abuse to police in 2018, told investigators he was tasked with retrieving animals and dropping them into a custom-made chute the farmers had designed to trap the animals so they could have sex with them. The teen had been lured to the farm with promises that he would help care for livestock, but they ended up forcing him to take part in the sex abuse of the animals. The unnamed teenager was placed in protective custody after Pennsylvania police busted up the animal sex operation. Again, where are the parents? Prosecutors said that they were scarred by the evidence presented at the trio's trial, with Clearfield District Attorney William A. Shaw Jr. saying, watching videos of the animal sex abuse burn my corneas and will live with me for the rest of my life, local newspaper The Altoona Mirror reported. Me too, and I haven't even seen the videos. Can you imagine White Boy Malcolm X? The poor soul that had to watch all those videos and keep count. 710, 711, 712, 730. And I think that's it. No more tapes. Speaking of nutty rednecks, men charged in connection with castration in southeast Oklahoma. Another good Florida story. Two men in southeast Oklahoma were charged Wednesday for allegedly performing a surgery without a license, among other charges, according to court documents. Documents filed Wednesday by the Lafleur County District Attorney's Office accused Bob Lee Allen, 53, and Thomas Evans Gates, 42, of performing a surgery to remove a man's testicles and asking him to eat them at their residence in Worcester, Oklahoma. What? Oh, I'm not touching that one, white boy Malcolm X, when the summit missed... Summit Mistress, White Boy Malcolm X was like, Is, isn't Oklahoma near Louisiana? Man, you're going to be in trouble. Court documents show they were charged with conspiracy to commit unlicensed surgery, practicing medicine without a licensed, unlicensed surgery, maiming, unlawful use of communication facility, distribution of CDS, including possession with intent to distribute, assault and battery with a dangerous weapon, failure to bury dead human member, possession of controlled dangerous substance, Unlawful possession of drug paraphernalia. <laughs> See, I've told you, folks, they, this should be in Florida with, with, a, with a rap sheet like this. A man was taken October 14th to the McAllister Regional Health Center where he told medical personnel he had a surgery to remove his testicles that was conducted by Allen and Gates at a Worcester residence, according to an affidavit prepared by LaFleur County Sheriff's Deputy Tyler Newby. The man also told medical personnel that Allen and Gates tried to get him to participate in cannibalism, the affidavit states. He told investigators he came into contact with Allen on a website called the EM, that's www.the-em.com, and I have not been to that website, and I have absolutely zero intention of going to that website, that he came across while researching castrations, the affidavit states. The website name is short for Eunuch Maker, and it states that it's for everyone into mods and kinks for all kinds. 
The man told investigators Allen informed him that he had 15 years of experience and that he videos the procedures for personal use, the affidavit states, kind of like the horse rapers. Investigators wrote the man said he flew into the Dallas-Fort Worth airport on October 11th and Allen drove them to the Worcester residence. The man said Allen got him onto a makeshift table that was covered in gowns on October 12th before injecting him with Novocaine or Lidocaine, the affidavit states. And this goes on and on about this guy. Let me see if I get this right way by Malcolm X. So this guy goes to the eunuch maker website to get himself castrated and finds these two nutty rednecks in southeast Oklahoma that are like, hey, yeah, we do castrations all the time. So he gets on a plane, flies to Dallas-Fort Worth Airport and goes up there and gets his, gets his nuts chopped off, gets them removed, and winds Oh, my God. I tell you what, the world has gone mad okay second to last story and this one is out of the uk and white boy malcolm x have you seen the podcast statistics because apparently we have a pretty good following out of the uk because probably because we do uk-based stories so like last week we had we had the prep story and prep is that uh, medication you take to for hiv prevention but the story is about how all the, uh, the the white queens in london are taking up all the prep and they're denying prep to the minority communities because there must be systemic racism in London. And we had about Prince Andrew's, like, you know, his sex life, God, which was like, you know, make you throw up in your mouth reading about that. And then, of course, we had some about, you know, Prince Harry and that dumb wife of his, the one that wants to run for president. And now we have this. UK woman attacked by deer in park claims she was not feeding deer, criticizes park ranger's response. A woman who was photographed being knocked down by a deer insists she was not feeding the animal or taking selfies before the attack. Gemma, Louisiana. Yes, white boy Malcolm X. Louisiana is about as close as we're going to get there today. A songwriter in London claims to be a, the woman behind the now viral photo, which was first shared by the Royals Parks Police to warn Richmond Park goers of the dangers of getting too close to the wildlife during rutting season. Louisiana shared in an email with Fox News she is a regular visitor to the park and is always respectful of the deer and their surroundings. I regularly see visitors getting exceptionally close to the deer, but this is not something that I was there to do. Whilst I hoped to get some of the deer in the far distance of some of the photographs, I did not approach this herd of deer when the attack happened, she wrote. The woman stated she was nervous of the deer as it approached, and she dropped a bag as she was holding, which contained some snacks she had brought with her. The deer was interested in the bag and started eating the food in it. I was concerned that the deer may eat non-edible things in my other bag, so I went to move it away from the deer and slowly walked away. It was at this point that the deer attacked me, she wrote. The woman says she was injured during the deer attack and has big bruises on her back and is upset with the park police's handling of the situation. It was only after this happened that the Royal Parks Police Ranger approached me to say I was too close, even though it was the deer that approached me. So yes, folks, it's the damned, <laughs> the damned deer's fault. She didn't do anything. It's the, that damn vicious deer attacked her. At no point did the ranger ask about my welfare after the attack or check to see if I was okay. Neither did they say they had taken a photograph of me and that it would be posted on their social media channels, she wrote in an email to Fox News. Louisiana confirmed she was at the park on Sunday, October 11, taking photos, though they were professional photos taken by a photographer to support my songwriting purposes and not for Instagram. She also wrote that she did not take any selfies. People on social media had reportedly accused the woman of getting close to the deer to take photos of herself on the phone. Heavens, Gemma, Louisiana, attacked by a deer, <laughs> blames the deer. And I tell you what, you know she was sitting there getting Instagram photos to put up on her stupid Instagram account, and that stupid deer just went after her. You, what? Well, yeah, that wasn't the best UK story, but that's all I could find. So that was that was it. Sorry, folks, in the UK, that's, that's the only story I had. Maybe I'll try to find something livelier. And this is the very last story of the day, and I lied, totally lied, folks. We do have a, I saved the best for last. Louisiana, I got a Louisiana story. It's not Gemma, Louisiana. Woman busted after hitting cop with meth. And this kind of reminds me of the Florida story where the man hit the police officer with a Bible, but he did not throw meth at, at the police officer. And this should be a Florida story because, let's face it, folks, people in Florida love meth. They love that crystal meth. Mm-mm, good. But apparently they also like it in Louisiana. 
In her haste to ditch a bag of methamphetamine during a traffic stop, a Louisiana woman allegedly tossed the drug out her car window and promptly hit a patrolman with the airborne narcotics. Stephanie Dowdy, 33, was behind the wheel of a Honda Civic that was pulled over late last night after a cop spotted the vehicle traveling in the middle of a roadway in West Monroe, where Dowdy resides. So yes, folks, she was on the crystal meth, driving right up the middle of the road. While approaching from the Honda's passenger side, a deputy was struck in the leg by a plastic bag thrown out the passenger window. The bag, a probable cause affidavit states, contained about a half a gram of suspected methamphetamine. Dowdy, who was alone in the car, initially claimed she did not throw any methamphetamine out of her window. Kind of like my ex, the meth junkie. (laughs) Said that that was not his meth pipe. It was just this random meth pipe just popped up on his nightstand. But that's a different story for a different day. But she then reportedly recanted and admitted ownership of the narcotics as well as tossing the small baggie. <laughs> Cops probably like, well, who else did it? I don't know, officer. Who else did it? Well, it, it might have been me. <laughs> I love meth junkies. They're just so much fun. Pictured above. <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's a meth junkie. All right. I tell you what. Oof. You like that one, White Boy Malcolm X? Makes you want to go straight, yeah, my ass. Daddy was charged with a felony narcotics possession charge and obstruction of justice for trying to ditch the meth. She was also cited for driving without a license and improper lane use. Well, folks, since I cannot top a a meth junkie in Louisiana, we're just going to plug pull today. So thank you very much for, for joining White Boy Malcolm X and I for another exciting edition of the Miller Frost podcast Have a good rest of your weekend and a great start to your week, and we will see you back here next weekend. Take care. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.